Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Philly Stam. Your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday. June the 4th as we head into the first weekend in the month of June. And oddly, coming off two off days for the Bills. Obviously, only one of them scheduled the Phillies the rain out on Wednesday, the off day yesterday. Um, and now uh, one of those, you know, strange things, right? It, it's strange when you're off two days in a season. Now, it'll happen from time to time. There'll be back-to-back rain outs or this will happen. We have a rain out before an off day, but it is a... A unique thing. And obviously last season we had the whole COVID thing where we missed time because of that. And there's all kinds of stuff. But um, generally, you know, you don't get two off days in a row. And uh, it can be good and bad, right? From a good perspective, this is a team that's been banged up, that has been grinding, that has played a lot of baseball games in a not a lot of days type of thing. And, you know, any rest, any time off is nice. It is needed. Heal those bodies. Heal that stuff. But at the same time, it also flips around and says, we're coming off a game where they scored 17 runs. I want them out there. I want them to keep that thing going. We talked a lot the last couple of days about a team being able to use that 17-run game as fuel, as something to motivate, something to, to build some confidence moving forward with an offense that, as we know, as we've talked about, has been incredibly lackluster compared to what we've expected, and obviously the injuries and all that have, have hurt. Um, but... Having said that, you know it's still uh, you'd still like to see them out there and and get a chance to keep rolling here. Maybe use that and look. Maybe it maybe the off days don't matter and they they still are able to kind of find that groove that they were in on uh, on Tuesday night in uh, excuse me on Wednesday night in Cincinnati. Um, no, Tuesday night, right? The first time again, getting it all uh, all mixed up. Um, but you know you hope that the um. Phillies get a chance to, uh, you know, kind of continue that ride, or, or not a chance, but are able to continue that ride as they get back in action. Hey, we do have baseball today, assuming it doesn't rain here in Philly, uh, which, you know, you never know. Uh, there's some rain scheduled in the forecast. It does look like it could be better by the evening, but um, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe we're talking about three off days in a row, right? Let's hope not. We need Phillies baseball back. We need them to get rolling, 23 and 26. Um, really need to go on a run. The Phillies have set their their rotation. I want to get into a lot of stuff today. We'll look at some stats. We'll look at um, the idea of panicking or not. By yourself. We're a far way away from that, but uh, a buddy at work mentioned it to me. I want to get into that, plus um, some other baseball stuff as well, and I want to look at the schedule coming up. But let's start with the weekend schedule. Uh, home series, finally, back home, which is nice as the Phillies... Eight-game homestand with three against the Nationals, three against the Braves, and then two against the New York Yankees coming to town before they head out west. So um, it will be nice to see the Phillies back at home. Desperately needed. <laughs> this team that, as we know, is just 
been borderline incapable of having success on the road. So it is um, incredibly important to have them home and incredibly important that they win games at home. And, you know, this first series against the Nationals is a nice start uh, because they, they can beat the Nationals. They are even now a better team than the Nationals. But, um, you know, this is a, a tough stretch. The Braves are, obviously we know the Braves, and, and the Yankees are a good baseball team. So um, while it is at home, and that is incredibly important for this team, you know, it, it appears, um, you know, it's not not the easiest stretch of baseball. So we need them to find a way to get some home magic. Hopefully Bryce Harper can be back at some time in the not-too-distant future. Didi, obviously, we're still waiting on, but... Um, big, big, big weekend series coming up here against the Phillies. And the Phillies, uh, did, look, I, I thought with the two days off, it was an opportunity to reset the rotation. Zach Wheeler would go today no matter what, but then you got Nola Eflin, boom, reset the rotation, skip Velasquez and Spencer Howard. That sounds good to me. Didn't sound good to the Phillies. Apparently, as the Phillies will roll with the regular rotation, it'll be Wheeler on Friday, uh, Spencer Howard on Saturday, and Velasquez on Sunday. And uh, look, they're... A few ways you can look at this. I think, you know, look, the Braves are tougher than Nats, so you get Nolan Eflin for that series. Um, now, that means you also could have had them back for the Yankees. They might not. You know, now they won't be, that kind of thing. It kind of goes both ways. Um, maybe they want them on the road next week, thinking the Dodgers, the Giants, that's tough. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, the thought process is with the Phillies. Maybe Zach Eflin. Look, Eflin has seemed a little uh, heavy. You know, we we know the whole uh, heavy body thing with Zach Eflin and, and all that. Maybe he is, uh, you know, it, it certainly has not been the same Zach Eflin we saw the first month of the season, the last month, the last few starts. Certainly has um, seemed a little tired, a little worn down. So maybe it's it's get Eflin uh, a couple extra days. I don't know. But, but to me, it seemed like a pretty clear, obvious move to skip those guys. I mean, you can. Use your best guys. You got three guys. Let's go. That's what I thought. But um, Philly's not going that way. We'll see. We'll see if it comes back to bite them or not. Either way, it will be uh, Wheeler, Howard, Velasquez this weekend against the Nats. We'll look at that series a little bit more coming up. Let's get some other stuff with the Phils. Um, interesting concept brought up to me, the buyer sell thing, and I want to get into the uh, panic or not. A really good article on the good fight uh, saying it's not time to panic about the Phillies and um, making the case that this team, that the core of this team is still good. You know, the the top, and it's the case we've talked about here many times, as you've heard me kind of present both sides of the equation, right? The the um, how things could go bad and how things could could be better of <laughs> it all. Um, and it's a compelling case. Look, the the idea that Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, Zach, and uh, Zach Eflin, a, a really strong, as they call it, playoff caliber one, two, three punch. I would agree with that. They say that Hoskins, Harper, and Romuto are a playoff caliber middle order. I would agree with that, assuming you know Hoskins, assuming Harper and, and Romuto are healthy and good to go. Obviously, Romuto's back. And then they have a strong collection of secondary players, the article points out, you know, with Segura and Miller and Herrera, McCutcheon, hopefully turning it around. And, and if either Didi or, or Bohm can give them something, that they feel confident that the holes are fillable. You know, talking about the back end of the rotation, talking about a above-average hitter that they could add maybe a, at a particular position. They, they kind of go in the distance. A Corey Dickerson type of move is what they're talking about. Um, and look, and then, you know, the bullpen, uh, they're saying, you know, you, they could use more reliable relievers. You don't trust Kinsler, Hale, or Anderson. But, you know, it's it's okay. You know, their their bullpen is 
okay. And and they kind of go into in the article on, on the good fight about the ideas of how to plug the holes and all that. And, you know, look, we've talked about this and I've presented both sides and I do see the world that they're talking about. The idea that it is not time to panic about the Phillies because they still have talent and, and they are, their record does not display the talent that they have. And if they can get Harper back and if they can get Didi back and if they can make a few moves and it doesn't even have to be earth shattering moves, but just some moves to bring in some um, reinforcement, so to speak, this team could contend for a playoff spot. This team could make a fight in the division. And and that is a, a real reasonable argument to make. And again, the, the top three in the rotation is legit. You know, you can go to, go to battle with those top three, but as I was reading the article, and it's a really good article, and uh, I love the good fight. It's a great site. Um, article um, written by Leo Morgenstern. Really nice article, and and I I like the heart of it. Right, I'm I'm a positive guy. I am. You know, I lean towards optimism. That is the way I, I live my life. But as I was reading the article, I I you know got to be real with my gut. I just found myself disagreeing with the the feel of it. The idea that I I actually do think it's Maybe not time to panic with the Phillies, but the Phillies are at a crossroads right now. You know, this is not, uh, oh, let's give it another month and figure it out type of thing. Like, it has to happen now. I mean, the Mets are winning games. You got like 15 guys on the aisle, and they're finding ways to win games. The Braves will get better. I know they've lost some guys, the Azuna thing, and, you know, that guy clearly is a horrible person if if what's uh, alleged is true and it seems like it, it might be um but either way that could be a, a big loss for that team the Braves have taken some hits Travis Darno big hit um Mike Soroka is not going to pitch this year uh, you know guys have been in and out of the lineup so I still think ultimately though the Braves are a really talented team are going to compete and you know the Phillies are are a flawed baseball team right now and while I agree and I've made the case you know that that there is reason for optimism in the idea of Alec Bohm turning around, being better. I mean, that's so huge. And there is Harper coming back and Didi coming back and all these types of things. There, There is reason for optimism. There is also reason to look at it and say, hey, you know what? Like, what's looking you right in your face? It's a bad Phillies team. A, 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 a mediocre Phillies team. Bad isn't fair. They're not bad. But the way they play baseball is bad, right? The way they play baseball is so frustrating. The 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 stupidity that we see on a night-to-night basis, the um, horrendous defense, the lack of clutch hitting, the lack of hitting at all with runners on base. Like, so I, I look. I, I think that the heart of the article is true. There there is real reason to believe that this season is not lost. You know that that it's not all over. But I disagree with the idea of of not at least a little bit panicking because there are real structural issues here with this team. And I don't see super quick fixes for some of the issues. Now, if Bohm gets better immediately, like quickly, if McCutcheon can start hitting more, if Harper comes back, if Didi comes back, yeah, like they can be a, a, a decent team, a decent team. But they're still a flawed baseball team, and even if you fill some of those holes, I just I find it hard to believe that they're gonna completely turn it around if they don't start to do it soon, right? I mean, like maybe again back to the seventeen to three. Maybe that's a launching point game. Maybe that gets everyone going. Maybe, 
But they need to do something soon. Like, we can't keep having these things and saying, oh, maybe this is the game that gets them going. Maybe this is the situation that gets them going. Maybe this is the reason that everyone starts to band together and hit better and play better and all that. Maybe. Like, that, that we're, we're running out of time for that. We are. We're running out of time with that. Like, the Phillies are not going to get a wild card. They got to win this division. None of these teams are getting a wild card. The way the rest of the National League is playing, like, the wild cards are coming out of the NL Central and the NL West most likely. Now, there is a lot of baseball left, and things can change, and two teams in the NL East can certainly get hot. There are three teams in the NL West who are, like, five games up on everybody in the National League. You know, and, I mean, and more on the Phillies, you know? So, um, I just, and again, I am optimistic I as a person, and I do see the reasons for optimism. Again, really good written, really well-written article that that does present real, true reasons to not freak out about where the Phillies are at right now. But my, my counter, as I'm saying, my counter to it is, I agree, don't freak out. But you can start thinking about freaking out because it needs to change soon. Like, they're going to fall out of it after another month or so if they can't turn this around, if they can't start to play better baseball. And again, like, it just feels more likely that they're going to slip than they're going to go on a run because we don't see this team go on runs. So it needs to happen is, is really my point. I'm not panicked. I'm not done. I'm not saying this team's done. But it needs to happen now. And look, I mean, my, my buddy Jack Keffer, who I work with the WIP, um, said to me yesterday, he was like, hey, do you think the Phillies should be buyers or sellers at that deadline? And I was like, all right, that is way too far away to start to think about in reality. Like, just just uh, uh, too far into the future. There's so many things that can happen before July 31st. But, but having said that, I thought it was a really interesting question because it, it is a question that this Phillies team is going to have to deal with at some point. Right? I mean, there's a team that's going to have to make that decision. And if they start to drop further and further out of contention, you could see them be a seller. And I don't think that'll happen. I think they'll stay close enough to the NL East race that when we get there, they can at least um, pretend to be a, a buyer. If nothing else, I think maybe a, a, a neutral team at the deadline or whatever. But I mean, look, if they continue on this pace, they're three games under 500, let's say by the time a losing pace is my point. By the time we get July 31st or let's say July 21st or whatever, you know, that time of the year, I mean, they're five, six, seven games under. If they continue to play baseball the way they're playing right now, you know, or three or four or five, whatever, yeah, then I think you have to look at it and say, all right, what do we have that people would want, right? I mean, there are there are pieces. I mean, Odubo Herrera, trade piece, for sure, if he keeps hitting. I, I would trade him in a second. Um. Bullpen pieces. Basically, anyone in the pen is available, as far as I'm concerned, if they get into that position. Um, I don't think they'd trade Zach Wheeler, but, I mean, you want to talk about someone who would command a a, a haul. Zach Wheeler was that kind of guy. But, again, I don't, I don't think you trade Wheeler with how great he's been. And, and it does – it brings up a, an interesting conundrum for this franchise, right? Because this franchise has put themselves in a spot where, look, we went through a – a tank, as it were. Like, there is no tanking in baseball, but the the idea of a tank, a team that did not try to win for multiple years to get higher draft picks, to um, reset their salary to this, that, do all that stuff, and to, to build their farm system and build up. We did it. 
it failed. Like, it failed, clearly. Considering the fact that how few, how little organizational talent there is in the minors and, and players on the Major League roster that came from the minors, it failed. I mean, again, this this team is a collection of, of pieces from, from outside. I mean, you talk about all the important guys in the lineup, it's Reese. Reese Hoskins, that's it. The only guy you brought up and developed, I mean, JT, traded for. Gene, traded for. Didi, signed. Boom, excuse me, brought Boom up. Another one that's recent and new. McCutcheon signed. Uh, you know, Oduble, I guess, brought up, you know, but... Um, and then, and then Harper signed. So, I mean, like, the vast majority of, of these guys offensively that you're talking about, it's a group of guys that have been placed together and not brought up through a system together, not developed. And and that's incredibly frustrating. And Matt Klintak and Andy McPhail deserve a lot, of, a lot of criticism for what they did. They deserve a ton of criticism. And now this team is in a, in a unique spot where they as a franchise have put their chips in the middle and said, we're all in on this team. Right? At least to a point. They haven't gone over the luxury tax. We talked about all that stuff. But to a point, look, fifth highest payroll in baseball. Like, there's a group of guys we're trying to win with. They re-signed JT. They signed DD to a two-year deal. They they signed Harper to that massive contract. Like, they're a, a team that has made moves that is is to win. It's to win. And yet, they are a franchise that right now feels like a mediocre team with everything there. And again, you get Harper back, you get that, you can be better. But... um. Like, I don't know what the, what do you tell the fan base if you're a seller? Like, let's say it plays out that way. And again, I don't, I don't think there'll be a full-on seller. I don't think it gets that bad where by the time the trade deadline comes around, they're that far out of it that they're just a clear seller. But, but if they are, let's say they get to the trade deadline, they're six, seven, eight games under 500 and like 10 out of the, or whatever it is, it would be more potentially. Um, like what then? From a, a franchise messaging standpoint, what do you say to your fans? A fan base that is like, this is the year that we finally make the playoffs. It's been a decade, a decade without the playoffs. It's a bad spot. You know, the Phillies are in a, 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 a real pivot point right now for their franchise in the sense that trying to compete now is necessary from a, a fan perspective, from a, a um, what they've, expectations they've set perspective, right? But... But is it the smartest thing to do for the franchise, for the long-term health of the franchise? Like, the Phillies have been so bad for so long, minus that little run we had, because they haven't drafted and developed well, because they haven't committed to that, and they tried, they tanked, and they blew it. And now they're in a situation where they're kind of on that, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Seesaw again, where they're going up and down, but they they are not getting over the top. And... It's a precarious position. The Phillies are in a precarious position as a franchise right now. They really are in that, again, they are. Um, they need to compete. They've told their fans they're going to compete. They've made moves to compete. They've spent a lot of money to compete. And yet they are a mediocre team right now. Maybe they can be better. Maybe they can make a couple moves. Maybe guys come back and they could be a, a good team and a, a competitive team. But, you know, when you tank like that, you expect to come out of it with, with array of prospects, an array of guys you can count on moving forward, who are at least major league players, and they don't have that. So uh, it's going to be a fascinating couple months here, and I think it's so important for this franchise that these guys turn around now, that that they head into the trade deadline as a clear contender. 
because if they have to make that decision, it's a really tough franchise decision to make. Do you admit failure here? Do you say, hey, we're out of it. We need to make trades. We need to sell. And then what does that mean for next year and the year after and the year after? Bryce Harper is in the heart of his prime. Like, he's being paid $30 million, $35 million a year, whatever it is. I mean, $20, $25 million, $30, 330000000 total, whatever it is. Like, JT, we're in year one of the five-year deal. Like, this is it. This is the years to use, to utilize, to to maximize JT Romito. All these guys. Nola in his prime. Wheeler in his prime. Like, you got all these guys who it's it's the prime of their career. It's the time to to capitalize on that. And um, it just hasn't worked. And it's frustrating because, again, like, to the point of the article that we just mentioned, the, the uh, Good Fight article, to that point, like, there should be reason for optimism with this group of guys. This group of guys has talent. Like they should have talent to be able to compete. But we just, we just, the pieces haven't fit. It doesn't all work. It hasn't worked together, and that's what's made it so frustrating. Um. All right. Uh. Ton of other stuff I wanted to get into, but um. You know, we're we're up against it in the weekend coming up. But um. Quickly before we look ahead to the, the upcoming schedule, uh, I did. Um. I think it was interesting what we talked about before with JT Romito, the, the Woodward and Bernstein of the Major League Baseball substance issue uh, with with uh, subs on pitches. Uh, yesterday, Bob Nightingale put out that the MLB is on the verge of immediately enforcing the ban on pitchers using foreign substances and other changes could be coming soon, according to Theo Epstein. First of all, I love Theo. So happy he's involved in making the game better. That is huge. Um, but... Um, Look, JT comes out and says that. We talked about on this show how how shocking it was for a catcher to say that. And now it seems like there's things happening. We've already seen Joe West, uh, you know, take Guy, uh, Gallegos hat away in that Cardinals game. Um, and now Major League Baseball seems to actually be taking this seriously, which is outstanding. They should take it seriously. It is cheating. And it is adding to the biggest problem in the game, which is the pitchers are way out of the hitters. You know, it's just adding more and more and more to it. Um, I'm really happy that they're taking this seriously. I hope they crack down completely. I hope they eliminate these substances as much as they possibly can from the game. I really do think it could have a, a profound effect, and it's such an easy fix. It's not lowering the mound. It's not moving the mound back. It's not changing the fundamentals of the sport, the the distance and all that type of stuff. It, it's It's just not letting pitchers put junk on the balls. Not that hard, right? I mean, that's such a simple fix. It's. Uh, I'm happy to see Major League Baseball taking it seriously. I hope it is not a um, something that they're kind of putting out there but not really following through on. It does seem like there's a real chance they're following through on it, and that would be huge because, um, again, anything they could do to make this sport better, uh, a better version of itself, because there is a better version of baseball than the one we're watching, is massively important. And I really, really hope that the Phillies can uh, follow through. Uh, excuse me, that Major League Baseball can follow through on this. And, uh, and really trying to limit limit this stuff in the game because I think it could really help and, and it's an easy, quick fix that can make a big difference. Um, all right, let's look ahead. Uh, I want to take an extended look at the schedule, look at the schedule through the rest of June, up through the All-Star break, the first half of the season. And here's the thing, man. It's tough. <laughs> it's really tough. Um, that's why if the Phillies can navigate this and find a way to stay competitive through this, I mean, it's it's so important. It's so important. So the upcoming schedule, as we know, starting the series against Washington uh, today, three at home against Washington. You feel good about that. Wheeler, uh, Howard Velasquez. You get Scherzer against Wheeler. That is a dynamite matchup. Really excited about that one. That should be awesome. Um, three against Washington. Then you got three at home against Atlanta. Another massive series. They'll have Nolan Eflin going in that one, so that's huge. And then off day next Friday, which is weird, the Friday off day, but then 
New York comes to town for two. Um, that's what we've kind of talked about looking at the schedule. Then it then it gets it gets tough, man, as they have to go to Atla- uh, to Los Angeles, three against the Dodgers, and then San Francisco for three against the Giants. So that's six West Coast games. So not just the road, but the West Coast. They stick on the road. I'm sure they stick even worse on the West Coast. And it's against uh, two teams with two of the five best records in baseball. So no biggie. That should be great. Uh, then they come home for a two games. So this is tough because they have six on the road, home for a two-game series against Washington. Then they have another six on the road. Excuse me, another five on the road. Um, as one of those is the makeup date, that's pretty annoying, just an off day kind of thrown in there. So it'll go um, three in Atlanta, uh, three in Los Angeles, three in San Francisco, home for two against Washington, then um, three, uh, excuse me, four in New York against the Mets, then the one in Cincinnati, that makeup date for the rainout. So that's a tough stretch of baseball, man. Three in Los Angeles, three in San Francisco, two home against Washington, four uh, in New York against the Mets, one in Cincinnati. Then you get a nice three-game home series with the Marlins, which is good. Then San Diego comes down for three. So you're home for that, which is huge. But San Diego is, again, one of the best teams in baseball. Then you go to Chicago for four, who has the best record in the uh, National League Central, and then to Boston for three, another playoff team. So, man, a lot of road games, and all the road games are against playoff teams right now. All of them, except for that one mega game in Cincinnati. You got road games against the Dodgers, who are a playoff team right now. The Giants, playoff team right now. The Mets, playoff team right now. The Cubs, playoff team right now. The Red Sox, playoff team right now. So it gets real, and this is serious. You know, by the All-Star rate, the Phillies could be way out of it if they don't start to play better baseball. So fingers crossed, right? Please. Either way, we'll be back to talk about after weekend. So everyone have a wonderful weekend, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.